0: Hello, this is Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman in the Department of Psychiatry at the Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons, and this is Shrink Speak. Today we're focusing on COVID-19, a topic which is really consuming the attention of the United States and most of the countries of the world right now. And to enlighten ourselves and our listening audience, we're interviewing three experts with expertise from various disciplines. Dr. Brian Fallon, a member of the Department of Psychiatry who focuses on tick-borne, Uh, Pathogens and their effects on the brain and central nervous system. Dr. Ian Lipkin, an epidemiologist and molecular virologist and Dr. Siddhartha Mukherjee, who is a professor of medicine uh, and an oncologist, uh, but whose training also involves uh, virology as well as the uh, pathophysiology and treatment of various types of cancers. Sid, thank you for being with us today.
1: My pleasure, thank you so much. So the way it's
0: being portrayed by spokespersons who are supposedly in the know is that this is a pandemic in which there's a novel virus which to which humankind does not have immunity. It's highly contagious, but in terms of its lethality, it's not that lethal as compared to things like Ebola or HIV or even SARS, unless you're elderly or have some comorbid medical condition or immune suppressed condition. In that context, people will infer that unless you're in those risk groups, uh, the medical threat to you as a person is less serious than the fear that it induces in the population as a contagion and also the economic and social disruption that it's causing. Do you agree with that?
1: No, I I don't agree with it in in, in principle, which is that the larger population of the United States and around the world is a mix. There are people who will undergo infection with COVID-19 and have a flu-like illness, which is unpleasant, but they will recover from it. But there are also people who are immunocompromised because they're in the middle of cancer therapy There are people who are immunocompromised because they're elderly. There are people who are young who are immunocompromised because of various disorders, including genetic disorders. So it behooves us as a population of humans to say that um, we need to take care of each other. We need to take care of the whole population. It's not a selfish game. This is not a time to say, oh, you know, I'll be okay. Everyone else be damned. This is a time to say that this is a human population, uh, all of whom contribute important things to uh, our culture, our societies, ourselves, our sense of ourselves, our parents, our siblings, our, our children, and we are a diverse population. So. I think taking precaution and taking the most precautionary measures are warranted. And we need to be thoughtful about the fact that everyone's not the same. As I said, I have in my wards right now, dozens of patients who are patients awaiting transplants, who are patients with various forms of immunocompromisation. They could be you, it could be us, it could be your family, it could be your sibling, it could be you yourself. So, this is not a time to be selfish, but to think about humanity as large.
0: So, for those of you that don't know, uh, Siddhartha Mukherjee is a polymath Renaissance physician who, in addition to his research and clinical care of uh, individuals with um, cancer, he has written several books, The Emperor of All Maladies, a biography of cancer, the laws of medicine, and numerous articles in various publications. So since you have the ability to communicate, you know, beyond just the turgid prose of scientific journals, are you thinking of writing on, about this? And, and if so, what messages would you think that would be important to communicate more broadly to uh, the lay public?
1: I have several pieces coming out. The two stories that I think that are important are, number one is to remind ourselves that we are all in this together and that personal responsibility is extraordinarily important. And that means that this is not someone else's problem, this is your problem because it affects, if it doesn't affect you, it affects your sibling, it affects your child, it affects you know, your friend's child who has acute lymphoblastic leukemia and is in the middle of therapy and can't stop therapy just because uh, there's a a terrible viral pandemic going around. I think personal responsibility is an extraordinarily important thing. The second thing that I want to talk about a lot is that personal freedoms and the restrictions of personal freedoms are always, and have always been a problem in the United States, and not a problem, but a question in the United States. We are at a moment in which we, need, may, we may need to restrict certain personal freedoms in order for the larger good of people who are vulnerable. We are not Klingons in the broader sense. We are people who care about each other. We care about the elderly. We care about the weak. We care about the immunosuppressed. And in order for our broader civilization to move forward, we need to continue that care. And to do that, we may need to curtail personal freedoms. It will be temporary, it will pass. I will promise you that it will pass, but we need at this moment to take an enormous amount of personal responsibility to make sure that we don't pass the infection to others.
0: Those are really resonating points that I'm not hearing in the public discourse, which need to be communicated. So I hope you'll be able to compose those pieces or missives and uh, get them out. They're they're
1: all coming out. And Jeffrey, don't worry. They're all coming out. But, but, you know, as I said, we have moved away from being a social Darwinian species towards becoming human. And part of being a human is to care about others and to care about others in a way that we see ourselves in others. Uh, We see our own faith in the elderly, in the weak, in the immunocompromised in cancer patients and in people who may not be as well as you th- or strong as you think or y- yourself to be.
0: That's a, a, a eloquent and, and beautiful thought but it, it's sort of you know, the countervailing uh, uh, dynamic is this country's you know ingrained uh, ethos of rugged individualism, personal autonomy, self-determination and free will, but I sense here a wonderful threading of an intellectual needle because when I ra- raised the uh, example of North Korea and Singapore being exemplars of containing this, you said that's true, but they are also much more authoritarian societies and there's less individual freedom. And so our country doesn't want to be constrained, you know, the don't tread on me philosophy. But what you're appealing to is not subordination to authority. You're appealing to this sense of personal responsibility and kinship with other people.
1: Remember that, that this country. I mean, this is a very broad thought, and is much broader. The country was formed by the idea of we the people. So we need to go back to this idea when terrible things happen of we the people. It is not me the person, but we the people. There are very concrete ways in which these can be enacted. The very concrete ways are, obviously, if you are a young person, and you feel that you may have had virus and you may be infected, you need to quarantine yourself. Do not go and infect other people. And seeking medical care, when you can ride through the worst of the symptoms of the epidemic, and everyone knows personally what that means, it means quarantining yourself, limiting your social contact, and it means not infecting other people. There are sacrifices to be made, and I'm sorry, It is just the nature of of the epidemic, that sacrifices that we made. We begin with we the people, not me the person. If you are a person who is immunocompromised, elderly, etc., we have 925,000 beds in the entire United States. And if those 925,000 beds in the United States are occupied by people who don't need them, that is a disaster. We need those beds for people who need oxygen, who need supplemental care, who need intravenous fluids. This is not a time to misuse the social network or the various strategies that we've had to address medical care. We just do not have the resources. If this were to hit uh, in full, we do not have the resources to be able to deal with it.
0: Right. Well, we could continue discussing this uh, indefinitely, but I want to close by saying that principle that you've articulated in terms of personal responsibility, caring about others, is one that's near and dear to my heart in terms of not the uh, pandemic, but also with mental illness, because we're currently struggling with the question of how and when to constrain personal freedom of individuals who are mentally ill, but I have no insight into it and maybe putting themselves and other people at risk as a result of that. But that's a, a topic for another podcast conversation. Dr. Siddhartha Mukherjee, I really appreciate your taking the time to share this with us today. This is Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman of Columbia University, and this is Shrink Speak.